0: You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio Don't be a juice bag
1: This is called Pirate Radio We tell ourselves That we
2: are the walking dead
0: Get on the mic Get, get on the mic Just get on the mic Get on, get on the,
2: the mic, mic. mic
1: Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store
2: But hell are you
1: Name's Ash. Housewares.
2: I love you. It is useless, creaseless. Don't let yourself be destroyed as obi one did. I swear to God. Swear to me. You know the difference between justice and punishment. Hey, the Here's Sub Zero! Now, Blame Zero! I will end you.
1: All
0: right, guys, welcome back uh, for another episode of Mike on the Mic uh, on GGR Pirate Radio. My name is Mike Lunsford. I'm the co-founder of The Great Geek Refuge, which is www.greatgeekrefuge.com. Uh, we're going to be talking the best albums of the 90s. Uh, We're going to do a little bit of a teaser with this because we're going to do more once we've got the full team together. Uh, But joining me is, I would consider an expert in music because he's a musician himself, quite talented one. In fact, you can find his album, uh, Dark Dawn. It is on Bandcamp. You want to go to Bandcamp to find it? Because that's how you help this guy make some money. His name is MC Brooks. Hello. So the 90s were, I mean, just like a, a cornucopia of, of ridiculous music uh, when it comes to just all the things that were awesome. Um, I think what we'll do here, man, is because we don't have Steve with us, so we are a little bit limited uh, in, in staffing, uh, as it were, tonight. <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll just give, we'll give like two or three of our, of our, like our favorite albums of the 90s. Um, and let's go ahead and kick this off, man. Um, I, you know what? Since you're uh, the esteemed guest this evening... Um, since you're the away team, uh, you can uh, you can choose to receive or choose to kick. Um, who's your who's your first like your first album, like just amazing album of the 90s? All
1: right. I'm going right off the back with a heavy hitter. Do it right off the back with a heavy hitter. And that is and it's it's my favorite album by this group. And they had three come out in the 90s. And That's the Battle of Los Angeles by Rage. Oh, dude, I, I'm not even mad.
0: That's that's one of mine but I'm not even mad because it's such a good choice. So we'll start yep. with that one. Yeah.
1: A little, yeah. A I mean, for everybody. I mean, th- I, I, there's not a single song on this album that I skip. Like I, I can put it on. And from the moment you hear the guitar, the screeching guitar and the drum roll at the beginning yeah. of testify, or whether it's Zach uh, screaming at the end of war within the breath. Like I, I, I don't skip a single song on this album. And, and I, I this album was was so dope to me because one, there was a clear sound quality difference between what you had heard from Rage previously and this one. Like this album sounded a little bit cleaner as far as its sound quality, but they still managed to keep the, the rawness that made Rage so amazing to listen to. Like it still sounded like it was recorded, you know, you know, in someone's basement (laughs) yeah for sure while 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 also maintaining like a higher level of sound quality so that was awesome um i mean just i mean tom morella doing the um the turntable guitar sound on on mic check and and and, man just just from start (laughs) <laughs> I, I have nothing bad to say about this album. There is nothing and I'm bad not, about and, this and, album. and I'm not even saying it because Gorilla Radio was arguably their biggest song. And that's the song that I think most people would associate with them if, if you're just a casual fan of Rage and not like a hardcore fan. That's that's the song you associate with them. But yeah. just, just I mean, you everything you could possibly want in the Rage album, you, you, find, you find here. You want to hear Zach sing. You know, you you have Born of a Broken Man. You want to hear him spit the same old, the same uh, hardcore political rap verses. You have everything from Calm Like a Bomb, uh, Maria, which was a great song, uh, New Millennium Homes, which is which for me is a top five <laughs> rage song. I mean, it's it just from top to top to bottom. It's it's a fantastic album.
0: Oh, for sure. And like, you you hit it all, man. I, I mean, the only thing that I I want to throw in with this is rage. Against the Machine has been a long standing part of what GGR Pirate Radio has been like I've used Born of a Broken Man as our intro music on multiple occasions Um, (laughs) when we talked about our top five bands of all time Rage Against the Machine is up there as one of my favorites of all time so I'm completely co-signing and checking off on this one you absolutely this amazing choice yes absolutely Um, let me give you a pick now I'm just going to let Born of a Broken Man play for a little bit, though, before I pick my my first album. Um, the reason why I chose this day to have this conversation in the first place was because of this album. This album is celebrating its 25th anniversary today, like, as we speak. Um, it is, I mean, it, it changed, in my opinion, it changed everything uh, as far as what music is. Because I definitely remember listening to this as a kid and falling in love with this band. Uh, The album is Dookie. The band is Green Day, and it's it's 25 years today. So hooray! Happy birthday, Green Day! Happy birthday, Dookie! Um, I love this album like another just just like just like Battle of Los Angeles from track one all the way through. You can listen to the whole thing, and every song is awesome and like you sing along like this is one of those ones where like you know every word to every song like it's absolutely. just absolutely yeah um quick aside um we're just gonna not pause but we're gonna keep talking about music obviously but let's just everybody cross our fingers because it's almost over just hold on it's 15 seconds hang on I'm doing this for a reason just wait It's almost over it's over the eight game losing streak is over the washington capitals have finally won again they beat the calgary flames four to three thank god uh Woo. okay all right that was rough for a second okay perfect timing too and green day's playing i think this is this was it was meant to be (laughs) this way um god i love this band i love this band i love this album like i remember having it on tape that's how long ago i had this album (laughs) i had it on tape um it's just such a good album uh we're listening to she right now which is just a great song
1: another great one
0: yeah uh my my goat on this album though when i come around Mm. such a good song basket case is good that's the one everybody likes that's the one that had the heavy rotation on the music videos on mtv but when i come around that's that's the go-to that's the one that that sends the kids home happy like just absolutely love that album
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's
0: not bad. It's not a bad choice at all. Uh, well, thank you, sir. Um, <laughs> what is, what is your next choice when it comes to a '90s album that was just a just an absolute banger?
1: Okay, so I'm gonna switch genres now. And I'm gonna pick probably um, it's a rap album, and it's probably one that I feel like a lot of people like a lot of people don't understand how much of a fan of this of of this album and this group, but communication by the beastie boys hands down it's it's hands down one of my favorite rap albums ever like it's the song that really solidified my beastie boys fandom um i i I had kind of like a i had kind of like a backdoor route into discovering the beasties in that i mean the two of us are big fans of kurashi and and one of the actually discovered the beastie boys because people used to say that that uh, the lead singer, the lead rapper of Kurashi, sounded like Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys. I can see and that. So was, yeah. So I was like, "Huh, really?" Now, so then, th- so that inspired me to to check them out, and you know, it's, I've been a fan ever since. But O'Communic is is my favorite Beastie. I uh, everything there is to appreciate about it. First of all, that they they didn't shy away from the fact that they were musicians and they, they they used a lot of their, a lot of live instrumentation in constructing a lot of the music uh, that, that was, that was, that was on this album. And you got a mix of pretty much everything that the Beastie boys were. You got to hear obviously the dope raps that they, that they were famous for, but then you also got a couple of punk songs uh, tough Guy was on here. Arguably their one of their biggest songs ever was on here in Sabotage.
0: Oh yeah, which uh, we're listening to right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and uh you got a little bit of their of kind of like their 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 jazzy melodic side and, and several of the instrumentals uh that they put out on yeah. this album. Get like,
0: it together is one
1: Fart- of them, yeah. Yeah. Ex uh, Rule. Like it's there. it's it's a great album that perfectly encapsulates everything that there is to love about the beastie boys and and for me i think of all of the albums that they have for me like this is their perfect album because it encapsulates everything that i love about them like i i couldn't pick a favorite song because i felt like i would be disrespecting you know one of the others whether it's b-boys making with the freak freak or um root down which is obviously another big one or do it which was my favorite song for a long time on this album. And I know this whole album by heart. And yeah. it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, me, it's incredible.
0: Let me give you a quick tip in here real quick with, with this album. Cause I had this album too. Like I'm, I'm with you on this one. I absolutely love the communication by the Beastie boys, but the first time you listen to the album all the way through and you, and because the first time you listen to it, you're not really like really paying attention hardcore. Right. But right. you get to what ends up being uh track number three, which is B boys making with the freak freak. And you're just listening. You're like, all right, this is a pretty cool song. And all of a sudden the song stops and you hear the guy, oh, yeah. I'm playing the clip right now. If it's I knew it was going to be that kind of party, I'm going to stick my mic in the Like that, as a kid, like that, you are just like, wait, what? And, like, right. <laughs> and it was just like the most amazing thing ever. Like, it was just like, you're like, I can't believe that they just said that. That was, right? that was incredible. And like, Oh, man, just just absolute genius. Like, I I think this was their opus. This was the pinnacle of the beast. I mean, like, they did plenty of great stuff after this, too. And like, but but yes, ill communication was that was when they were at their absolute best.
1: Player three
0: has entered the game. Now, if you just heard that sound effect, player three has joined the game. Who is player three? You might ask guys in this podcast cavalcade that we have going on tonight. Well, he's none other than James Rambo. Or maybe not. who oh. Rambo! Can you hear us?
1: Maybe preemptive.
0: He's here, James ramp I I don't know. <laughs> he said he said I'm on, but I don't want to interrupt. Hang on a second. And I was like, you're good. I'll introduce you. <laughs> he can hear us perfectly, but we we can't hear you at all, buddy. He says he can hear us perfectly. Oh no. Rambo, what are you doing? All right, we'll just keep moving. <laughs> this
1: sucks.
0: <laughs> Stupid technology.
1: And uh, actually, I Google this because for the yep. one of the when, because I, I, I remember I used to scroll the, the Beastie Boys message boards for a long time. Uh, way, way, way back when they were probably more active than they are now. And I remember like, People were trying really hard to find the origin of that of that sample from uh, B Boys Making in the Freak Freak. Uh, yeah. because no one no one knew where, where it was from. Like it sounded like it could have been Richard Pryor, but it wasn't because it you know, there was you know, we would have known if it were a Richard Pryor skit that it was sampled from and no one kinda knew. And I just googled and it just so happens that they have in fact discovered where uh, where that where uh, that sample came from. Where did it come from? Uh, it's a man. His name is Mantan Moreland, who is most famous for playing the black chauffeur in Charlie Chaplin's movies. What? And in and in the 1941 film King of the Zombies. He was he was a he was an actor in the 30s and 40s, and a comedian in the 60s, who also worked with Bill Cosby and Carl Rainer
0: So he's and he, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah and he recorded a comedy album uh called that ain't my finger <laughs> 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 and that's where the that's where the uh, the that's where the the, the sample comes from <laughs> and they they actually have a uh, an audio I'm going to send you a link to this they they actually have an audio clip of like the entire comedy skit like I, I know we won't play it now but yeah uh Still pretty cool to no, know. Yeah. I can't wait to hear where yeah, this comes
0: will We'll make sure we link you guys to it so you can check it out. Um, Alright, so let me give you a, a second album here as, as uh, Mr. Rambo works at his audio issues and hopefully we'll be able to have him on here in just a second. Um, I talked about um, actually I talked to my wife about this too because she gave me some really, really, really good um, albums too. And she came up with... Can you hear me? Hey there, he is James. There we go. Welcome to the show. All right. Oh right. Just oh, in time. Just in time, man. We are talking '90s albums, the best of the '90s albums. Um, we're each going to give a couple because we're gonna we're just going to do a couple minutes here and then we're going to cut it short. Uh, we'll do another follow up episode of this when we can have the whole team, uh, me, you, uh, MC Brooks, and Steve together. Uh, we'll all talk about our favorite albums of the '90s. But we'll we'll give a couple a couple of uh, of golden golden gems here. Um, I'm given one that my wife came up with and I didn't even think about this, but I completely forgot 10 from Pearl Jam.
1: Oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Is just, it's just fire. Like every song on this, on this album is just amazing. Like even flow alive black. Like that, that's just three of them. Jeremy's on this one too. Like this is just such a good album from start to finish. And Pearl Jam is like, for me, they were never my favorite of the grunge rockers from Seattle, because Nirvana was always my my go to, right? Um, but Pearl Jam was more consistent, right? Like Pearl Pearl Jam was the dude. Like if you're if you're gonna use a sports analogy, he's the dude who's hitting 350, you know, and getting on base all the time. He's not hitting the home runs, you know. He that that's Nirvana. That's Nirvana's job. But like Pearl Jam's consistent. Pearl Jam's putting in the work. They're 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 having the longer career, but like they're just not as like exciting in that little flashy way that Nirvana was. But like this album, like I feel like this is one of those things. Like, if you were a white kid in the '90s and you lived in the suburbs, you had this album. Like, it was like issued to you. Like, <laughs> you, you showed up to middle school, they were like, "All right, you got your you got your shots, right? Like, you got your your um, your measles, mumps, rubella. Okay, here's your copy of ten. Um, here are your uh, your Jinko jeans, and uh, all right, you uh, you have a good day. And that was the end of it. But just yeah, just overall, just great album uh, from start to finish. Um Mr. Rambo you're a little late to the game so far. Let's recap him here real quick. Uh, Mr. MC Brooks gave us ill communication from the Beastie Boys. Uh I gave Dookie. Uh I gave Dookie from Green Day. Um we did The Battle of Los Angeles from Rage Against the Machine.
2: I was gonna that was that was definitely on my list. Okay.
0: <laughs> um we're now listening to uh to 10 from uh from Pearl Jam. Go ahead and give us one of your one of your go-to albums from uh, from the 90s
2: if okay so i i'm a little younger than you are mike i think uh mc i think i'm at your age or a little older um so for me if you say 90s albums there's only a handful that really spring to mind in terms of being like yes this is like that is like because because like 1999 or 98 is when i when i started high school um before then uh 16 stone by bush nice choice uh that is one of the few albums particularly by Bush i i fucking love that band but that album for the most part i'll hear one of their albums and I'm like there will be three or four songs that i really love and then the rest of it i'm like eh whatever um but the the appreciation i have for the that handful of songs greatly outweighs any need for like the entire album to be good Um, but 16 stone all the way through the whole thing through is rock solid. Um, Oh God, I'm trying to remember. I was trying to remember like all these albums uh, that I would listen to. (laughs) There is one that absolutely hands down stands out, uh, in terms of music from my childhood. And that is so much for the afterglow by the, by Everclear.
0: (laughs) That's what one of your, one of your favorite bands of all time.
2: Absolutely. Hands down. Yeah, that was the first time. Like, I'm not, like, I, I really do enjoy music, but I'm not a big, I wouldn't call myself a music guy. Um, in so much as I don't have the overall appreciation that I think a lot of people do, um, or at least at the very least, people who are who are really into music. Like, I, uh, there will be times in the last couple of years that I'll listen to a song that I've heard a thousand times and finally really listen to the lyrics and have it click. Um, like, that happened not too long ago with uh, Freedom 99 by uh, George Michael. Yeah. Um, but uh, that album from Everclear speaks to me still in a way that no, not many many other songs ha- uh, do. Um, because that whole album is about a guy talking about his alcoholic father and his manic depressive mother, and it was like it was written for me.
0: Dude, and even, like... It may not have been you, but we all know somebody like the character they're talking about in everything to everyone. You know? Yeah. You you know, you know all the right people, you know, you play all the right games, you try to be everything to everyone. We all know somebody who tries so hard to just impress. And in fact, like that's me. I've I've been that guy where like you just want everybody to like you. And like that yeah, yep. this album spoke to me too, man. And like definitely like that that is a 90s staple and like Art Allen Sakis again like that's another one that's just like hey some of you guys out there didn't have the best childhood I'm gonna write an album for you and you were like thanks Art appreciate (laughs) (laughs) it thanks now I gotta go to therapy appreciate it bud um just, yeah absolutely great album same thing with with Bush like real quick aside here too and I'm gonna be that guy I'm gonna be that shill you were like I'm not one of those people that gets into music so what you're saying is is you're not like somebody who would do a podcast specifically about the stories behind music <laughs> <laughs>
2: Why no, Michael? Do you happen to know
0: of such a thing? I do. It's called "Stop Me If You Heard This," and it's my podcast project that I do uh, with GGR. Um, and the reason I bring this up, and it was just a, it was a perfect tie-in, and I'm a shill, and I can't avoid those. Um, when you were talking about listening to the lyrics for like the first time, basically. Um, when I did the David Bowie episode, which, by the way, you can listen to. It's the most recent episode. It's up on uh, on iTunes. It's up on Stitcher. It's up on uh, Google Music Store. Like, anywhere you can get podcasts, it's pretty much there. Um, but in listening to it, and, and MC kind of noticed this, too. And, like, I, I had never heard that last album, Black Star, all the way through that David Bowie had done. And there's a song on there called Lazarus. And it's the song that I used to end the episode, Because the lyrics, like, the last line of the song goes, um, I was, uh, this way or no way, you know I'll be free, just like that bluebird, now ain't that just like me, or I'll be free just like that bluebird, oh, I'll be free, ain't that just like me. You're just like, whoa, he was writing his own eulogy, holy shit, and, like, that, like, that, that, that fucked me up, I was like, damn, dude, he knew, and, like, that's, essentially, if you listen to the episode... That's the end of the episode as I talk about that, how he knew he was going to die. And he wrote this album, like poured all of himself into it. And like, it was just like, dude, like you want to stand and applaud the dude because he basically died two days after the release of the album. And it's almost like kind of like a winking, knowing nod to all of his fans is like, hey, this was for you guys. So hope you enjoyed. Um but let's go back to the albums here. Uh, we'll do a couple more here. Cause we only got a, a few minutes here. I would just want to make sure that we're, we're kind of touching on the big ones here. Uh, MC, what do you got, man? What's another album, um, that you got that was just like a, a staple of the nineties.
1: Uh, okay. So now well, actually I'll, I'll, I'll save that one. Um, Ooh, he's saving. Some I will. <laughs> I, I, I have to, I have two by this, um, by this next group that I'm going to mention. And they're arguably one of the biggest hip hop groups, not only of all time, but especially of the nineties because that's when they, uh, got famous. Um, but the album I'm going to pick is midnight Marauders by tribe called quest, which has arguably their big, like two of their biggest hits ever in award show, which is, you know, everywhere. And also Electric Relaxation, which another song that is that is everywhere. And it's just one of those uh, it's one of those hip hop albums that it kind of like the rage album I described earlier, um, it, it represented a change in sound for Tribe. But in addition in addition to that, from from start to finish, it's virtually a perfect album that doesn't really have skippable moments. Uh, like if you're if you're just looking from a musical perspective, the the samples and the, and the stuff that Tip decided to use on this album, like there was a there was a large jazz influence on this album, and this came out in '93. And in terms of hip hop, there there wasn't like a ton of hip hop that was using these particular types of jazz samples and jazz drums to make hip hop samples and hip hop music with at the time. So it was it was very unique. Um, from that perspective And I mean Tip and Fife RIP, uh, Did their thing and, and they perfectly kind of Represented Themselves and then also Themselves as, as a collective So you kind of got to know Who they are and their thoughts And you know you got to know them In the way that you didn't really get to see them Presented on their, their, their Previous albums Like You knew they were kind of abstract and kind of out there But they were also kind of really down to earth, and they fit in with everything that everyone else was doing, too, while also standing out. So, um, yeah, that's my pick.
0: That was a good pick, man. Like, I want to give one that probably not a lot of people would expect. Because, again, we've talked about my love of music, and I wouldn't really call myself a music snob, but, like for the most part there's always like oh you know there's a reason for this you know I like this because of this or I like this because of that because this this guy was amazing or the lyrics were great I like this album because it was fucking fun and the album was the presidents of the United States of America
1: yes <laughs> this
0: whole album was a blast dude it's just everything about it like there's there's really not a lot of depth of lyric going on here. They're not really writing about deep stuff. They're talking about peaches and their love of peaches and some girl named lump and she's in his head, but who cares? <laughs> the whole album was a blast. And like, this is so nineties because these guys, like it's like, as soon as their songs started getting popular, they were like, this might be our 15 minutes. Let's have a shitload of fun. So they do their music videos and they have like ninjas jumping out of trees and shit. Like they didn't care. And that's what made it fun. And, like, you, I've never seen them in concert, but I have a feeling that if you did, it would just, there's not going to be any pretentiousness there. It's going to be, these guys genuinely love making music, and they love having fun, and they want the people at their shows to have fun, too. So, this album, Peaches, Lump, um, I mean, Kitty was on this album, too. Like, th- this whole album is just, like, it's a wonderful, wonderful, fun um, thoughtless album in the sense that you can just listen to it and you don't have to try to get anything deeper than just uh, something to enjoy. Um, James Rambo, what you got for us, bud?
2: Yes. Let's see. What do I got? Um, I would be remiss as a white man who grew up in a DC suburb, uh, (laughs) to not talk about Slim Shady LP. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am not a big hip hop head uh, There's a handful of things I listen to But I absolutely fall into the stereotype Of being a white dude Who likes Eminem um, I had never heard Anything like this crazy shit uh, And it was <laughs> To give you an idea of, of How far behind the times I was I had this on cassette yeah. Um, But uh, yeah it just It's just so Fucking bananas uh, it's it. It was. I had never in the same way that that like Everclear speaks to me on like a very personal visceral level. Um, this album, but really just like most of his earlier albums in general, um, are really significant to me because it is. Um, it's a white dude who grew up in a black community, um, and. You you learn quickly that you're not you aren't exactly like the people around you. Um and so you it, it, it is a very clear and quick uh, education and being yourself in a very particular kind of way. Um and yeah, he just does the weirdest, wildest fucking shit on this album. Yeah. Um that, like that's what makes it you great know, though. A hundred percent. I mean it's it's wholly unique. In a way that now you see a lot of copycats and a lot of, you know, sort of similar things. It was, it was very trendsetting in terms of being, like, really big and over the top and, I think, theatrical, um, at least in the rap that I was exposed to. Um, and so, yeah, that was really significant.
1: No, that's absolutely true. Like, the, the, like Eminem essentially brought shock rap and made it popular. And while, like, for the Detroit scene at the time, like, there were a million rappers that were rapping the exact same shit as Eminem, but Eminem was the one who, who you know, obviously got famous off of it, and he, 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 he brought that to the mainstream, and it was different than everything else that was out at the time because in 96, 97 was essentially when you started to get a lot of the gangster and mafioso rap. So you had Mob Deep and Raekwon and Jay-Z and a bunch of other guys who were doing this specific style that was becoming popular. And then out of nowhere comes this scrawny white kid. (laughs) (laughs) This scrawny white kid who is just telling a bunch of jokes for the most part and just saying really wild out there shit. But it sounds dope. And he has Dr. Dre behind him. Yeah. On top top of that.
0: I love... When you can close your eyes and listen to a song and literally picture what they're describing, like because the person is telling that vivid a story. Yep. And whether it's beautiful or whether it's this like white trash paradise that he's describing when he is in a laundromat and he sees a, a trashy looking fat white girl um, and says, I don't have any fillies or any papers, but you want to smoke some weed? And then goes back to her trailer because he's going to shoot her. Um and then she's got Liz Claiborne on like I mean he, like this whole like you're like what what the hell just happened like he's like <laughs> describing this incredible story yeah. and like it, it's it, it, it amazing like the guy the guy is so incredibly talented and yeah I really like you said I, I think he changed everything when it came to when it came to rap and like the, the guy just like is. I mean, when I, I love when they, people try to quantify like how good a rapper is, and they're like, "Oh, Eminem has the fastest raps of any rapper." And I'm like, "That's just shut up! Like, nobody cares about that." <laughs> like, exactly. But I did read something that was really interesting. They were saying that, like, as far as like words used and like um, lyrical ability, like he's he uses more words in his raps than any other rapper. Like, basically, like diversifying the things that he says. And I was like, you know what? I can see that because. If they, and they even joking about it on this album in one of the spoken word like uh, skits they do, where he's talking to like a record executive, and he's like, he's like, Dre's Dre's rapping about blunts, forties, and bitches. You're rapping about homosexuals and Vicodin. Like, it's he, and he, I can't remember the name of the the producer. And he's like, this producer told me to kiss his ass, and he's like, well, who's that producer? Like, it's he's he's he got no problem being self deprecating and making fun of himself. He knows that he's kind of a novelty at this point. And the only way that it's really going to work for him is if he's got something that nobody else has, and that's exactly what he does, and that's that's what worked for him.
1: Absolutely, yeah. What's interesting interesting too, because um, Eminem is actually he's he he was he was up there at one point. I mean, I'm looking at the chart now; it, it was updated yep. last month, and I'm actually I can't even find him. But uh, he he was it was him and Aesop Rock at one point, as far as like the most expansive vocabularies in hip-hop yeah now it's just aesop i actually i have no idea where eminem is on this list
0: i mean who who knows at at this point i just (laughs) i remember reading that story and just thinking like this guy's guy's got something going on like he's he's incredibly talented and he never disappointed that was the thing is every album that would come out subsequently it was never like it was that shock rap, but at the same time, it was never, like, missing any of that core that made him as good as it was. Like, he, he yep. always kept that. And that's – that was just, like, incredibly impressive. Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, man.
1: I was going to say um, – yeah, I mean, I was going to say this – one. it's one of the things me and Sed have – we've gone back and forth on because – uh, I, I'm not the biggest Eminem fan now that I once that I once was, yeah. and said is still uh, for the most part kind of a huge fan. But I agree with the point you just made because my favorite my favorite Eminem album is uh, the Eminem Show, and that came out in 2003, relatively six years after uh, this uh, uh, the Slim Shady LP did. And I think for me that album is is the perfect encapsulation of. M M&M, and the reason it's my favorite is for the reason you just described. You had an older, more mature Eminem discussing very serious themes on this album like he 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 that album he rapped about the fact that um uh, uh because he's white, he, he essentially rapped about his white privilege white and America. the fact that yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that 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 you know, he has his the career he has because of it. You know, he had a uh, politi- he had a couple political songs on that album, too. But at the same time, that was the album with Without Me. And my, uh, my, my dad's gone crazy. And so you, you got that perfect mix of... Oh, Eminem is maturing. And so he's not literally making the same music he did on the Slim Shady LP. But he's still doing that in a way that's fun and creative. And essentially telling everyone to kiss his ass. But it's fun. And it's different. And it doesn't sound like it did before.
0: Yeah. And, like, the thing that blew me away I I mean I'd always liked him I thought he was he was great but like he was at the HF Festival and sang White America and like you want to talk about a dude that was wearing the passion on on his sleeve it was it was right there like he you could see it in his performance and like that would just I was I was sold I was like this guy is not I I figured he would be kind of like gimmicky but no he really wasn't and like I was incredibly impressed
1: yeah and 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 the thing at that point too for the most part gimmicks is largely what we had gotten from white rappers aside from the beastie boys and probably third base like every other white rapper you really had at that time was was very gimmicky and you know a certain guy who made a song with the ninja turtles (laughs) instantly comes to mind (laughs) you know who, uh... And then also got hung
0: out of a window by his ankles by uh, by night Knight, yeah. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly,
2: allegedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's do let's do one more,
0: um, just kind of quick roundtable, and then we'll give uh, we'll give a, a, a quick wrap up here. Um, I've got so many, but I don't want to use up all of them man um you know i'll use one of the ones uh that sandy picked um matchbox 20 yourself or someone like you say what you will about them now you know but there was a time when we all were like wow this band is legit like everybody thought they were the coolest thing now they're on like the regular radio you know they're on like you know the I call it the soccer mom radio, you know, like Mix 107.3 in DC. Um, so, like, they're on that level of radio. But then, like, this band started on 19, on, on 99.1 HFS, like, because nobody else would play them. And you can't fault somebody for becoming popular when they get an, an opportunity to do it. And this album was just full of great songs. It's got um, Push, which deals with some pretty heavy stuff. Um, to uh, 3 a.m. which deals also with some heavy stuff with Rob Thomas's mom fighting cancer. Um, just the album overall, just just great, fun album with some really deep lyrics that you really weren't expecting. And I'm not one of those people who's gonna be like, like snarkily being like, "Oh, well, I guess it was okay." No, this is a great album. I enjoyed it. I loved it. It was good stuff.
1: Uh. Okay. Well, I guess I'll go. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. sorry. I was just, just quiet. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, mm, I guess, yeah, no, I, guess I, I can use it. I, I can always come up with something else. Um, Tragic Kingdom, no doubt.
0: Oh, dude. Good call.
1: Yeah. I mean... I, I was uh no, I, I discovered no doubt late. Like I, I discovered them in the 2000, 2001, but uh, I discovered them late. So, so discovering, you know, like this album was really interesting to me because I, I didn't know, I didn't grow up with, you know, uh, don't speak or any of the other any of the other ones. But the first time I heard, I, I remember the first time listening, uh, listening to this album and then hearing that. Wow, she wrote an entire album about her bandmate, who then subsequently had to play bass on the entire album. That's about yeah, him. <laughs> man, that sucks. <laughs> I mean, these the, the the music was all incredible. I was like, man, this sucks. But you you can really feel like I don't think Gwen, I, I don't think she's written music as good since that album, and, and it it stands out. I I still enjoy a lot of No Doubts other music. Um, but but I, I don't think that they like, I, don't, I don't think they've made anything that's been as good as, as as that album since
2: Yeah, that's fair. I mean and there's something said for just you know the passion you have for something for a situation or uh, the inspiration Both, both white guy hip hop heads from
0: Detroit. <laughs> yeah, you know, why wouldn't that work? Of course they're friends. Um but like the the guy's album like the song that he wrote, it was basically taking that like bass line from uh My Name Is and it was like the only the only lyrics were like fuck Eminem and fuck Kid Rock and you're like, That's all you can come up with? Like Eminem oh, has the yeah. like- <laughs> Eminem has probably written like an entire diss album against you where there's like subplots and there's like backstory and there's flashbacks and there's like there's elves and wizards and warriors and there's time travel and like you're sitting here and you're like well fuck Eminem like this fuck you yeah you're not even in the same you're not even in the same ballpark as this dude get out of here man all right all right guys so we had a quick uh, technical difficulty there I apologize um, it's you know that's that damn internet um, Last, we were talking um, about No Doubt, and we were talking about it, like, while we weren't recording while I was fixing everything, that, like, I just... How nuts is that, that Gwen Stefani wrote an entire album as basically just, like, a, a, a an ode to a breakup from Tony the bass player, and, like, he basically had to play it the whole Wait. time.
2: Like... Yeah, that'll ruin your fucking day. Dude, it's like...
0: Yeah. It's, it's like telling somebody, hey, hey dig a hole. I'm not digging my own grave, am I? No, no, no. No, no, no
2: Just just... Keep, I'll tell you to stop.
0: No, <laughs> Am I helping you create a career so that you can marry and have sex with the guy who's the lead singer from Bush, Gavin Rossdale? Um, nah, that's not gonna happen. Don't worry about it, Tony.
2: No, <laughs> not at all. I feel like you want me to say no to this, but
1: <laughs> oh god,
0: oh, the 90s were great. Um, but I think like. Can we, can we all just admit, too, that at one point or another, every single one of us was just like, I wish Gwen Stefani was my girlfriend. Oh, fuck, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it wasn't even, like, with her, like, it wasn't, like, any of those, like, dirtier thoughts where it's just like, yeah, I want to do this to her. It's like, I just I want to go to Red Robin with her. And have a milkshake. Like
2: she, she just
0: seemed like she seemed like a genuine, wholesome girl, and you're just like, I want to have a fun time with her. Like the, the video for Sunday Morning, for instance, like which is that's actually like it's like it's a deep cut for me. Like most people don't even know that song. It's like my favorite song off of that tra- off that album, is uh, Sunday Morning. But like um, the video for that album is it's just her and the guys from No Doubt making us making a dinner.
2: Yep, big spaghetti dinner. Let's all have
0: Works. let's all have a spaghetti dinner, and you're just like, all right, that's cool. We can have spaghetti dinner with Gwen Stefani and the rest of the guys from No Doubt. Like, all right, like it's they just there was something wholesome about them, and I couldn't I, I couldn't put my finger on it. But also, um, I was um, I was today years old when I realized that Tragic Kingdom was a pun on the fact that they're from um, they're from Anaheim. And oh, right on yeah, the street from Kingdom. the Magic Kingdom. Yeah,
2: I was. a oh, bitch! Yeah, never got that. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the party. Didn't
1: know that.
2: Wow. There we go. Well, See,
0: we're all today years old. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Gwen Stefani just slow rolling us all for twenty plus years. Um, let's each. Okay, we'll each do one more album, and then we'll go ahead and call it an evening. Sweet. Um, all right. Let's pick. I feel like I'm just. Oh God, I'm such a such a whore for my own projects here. Um, I did a I did a uh, I did a stop me If you heard this About two of these guys I'm gonna pick one of them um, You were not a kid In the 90s If you didn't listen To come out and play By The Offspring And if you didn't own Smash Cause this album was so dope like you had that like electric skeleton on the cover of it like this was just such an awesome album every song on this album was awesome when you find out that this song come out and play was about like the lyrics were inspired by Dexter Holland working in a lab trying to keep bacteria samples from away from each other because if you kept them close (laughs) to each other they were gonna ruin each other so you got to keep them separated you're like wait what so this is about gang violence. He's like, nope, it's about bacteria. No. <laughs> it's about something
2: way lamer than that.
0: <laughs> but this is just such a cool album, and like to have this, like, this punk rock band just, like, come out with these hard-hitting lyrics and this just awesome sound, and then you find out that the dude who's, like, their lead singer and, like, the front man and, like, the the, the heart and soul of this, uh, of this band is, like, He's got, like, a PhD in molecular biology and shit like that. You're like, okay, so not only are they badass, this guy's smart as fuck. Okay, yeah, that's that's awesome. And, like, it was just it was such a cool, like, revelation as a kid finding out that this guy was, like, a genius as well, so. And he's got a really awesome hot sauce, too, by the way. Right. All right. You can totally picked that up as well. Um yeah, and, like, the, the hot sauce place where they, where they bottle the hot sauce is, like, right next door to where they record. So, like, I don't know if you guys are picturing it, too, but I just picture him, like, you know, shredding a tasty lick in the guitar and then being like, hang on, guys, I'm going to go check on the hot sauce, make sure it's being bottled properly. <laughs> like, I'm an entrepreneur, not just a rock star. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> MC, what do you got, man? <clears throat>
1: okay. I'm going to go with... Uh... Sailing catamarans is every nautical captain's ecstasy. AKA the Science album by Incubus.
2: Oh <laughs> ah. good pull I, I was like, that's an acronym? <laughs> I'm expecting make I'm expecting like make
0: yourself, but science?
1: <laughs> yeah, science is my favorite incubus album. Good call. Damn. It is, yeah, As one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite incubus songs ever, which is Summer Romance which has one of the most beautiful horn solos just ever. And Incubus is always one of my is always one of my favorite bands because they re they essentially reinvent themselves on every project and you kind of don't really know what you're going to get until they put something out. And I, it's just something about this album that just that grabs me. Like I don't know if it's like, I, I, I I don't know what it is about this album in particular, but it is it's something Maybe it's just the total quality of just the project in its totality that just, that just grabs me in because I, I can listen to this, put it on shuffle, and just kind of drift away into whatever the hell I'm working on.
0: Incubus has that ability too, man. Like Morning View, for instance, is, is one of those albums as well that you can just put on, listen all the way through, track one all the way through, and like you just don't really care what the hell's going on. You're just you're, yep. you're happy with whatever is happening, and like. Yeah, just just good stuff from all the way through. Yeah, and this this album is not really. It was the perfect alternative album because it didn't really fit with anything else. Like, is it rock? Is it jazz? Is it funk? What the hell is it? Who knows? But it's awesome. That, like,
1: yeah, I was gonna say that. I think that's the beauty of Incubus too. Is is that like like you can't really describe what it is they do. You just know that they do it and they do it well.
0: Yeah, yeah, they are a. Uh, a force to be reckoned with when it comes to music is, uh, for sure. Um, yeah. And like, this is one of those albums that like, I remember make yourself came out and I was like, Oh, these guys are pretty cool. And then of course there's always some cool kid in school that I was always like, Oh, well they've been really cool for a while. And here's these other two albums, you know, science (laughs) and fungus among it. And you're like, wait, what? There's more like, (laughs) They didn't just create themselves last week when I saw them on MTV. No, actually. Bands <laughs> take a while to form, Mike. Oh,
2: oh.
1: Imagine man, that. that? Oh. That's that's wild. Exactly.
0: Uh, Rambo, what you got for us, bud? Uh,
2: I am going to... Uh, there's there's nothing about this that I've ever really tried to hide, but I'll go ahead and just cop to it right now. Uh, Significant Other by Limp Biscuit is one of my favorite albums. <laughs> um... I was the exact right age, and it was the perfect combination of rap and rock and everything that I loved. Um, Break Stuff is an awesome song. That's just, that song is fucking rock solid. Um, Yeah, honestly, like, the whole thing, uh, there's a a couple songs where I was like, eh, I didn't really age that well, Um, but overall, yeah, like, the first, like, three or three really, really, like, legitimately enjoy. Not like in, like, oh, guilty pleasure, like, I kind of, no, no, I fucking like that shit. Um, but, yeah, like, if I have to, if I have to pick one thing to hold up, it's gonna be break stuff. Um, it is a really simple baseline, uh, uh, uh what, like, uh, animal, like, lizard brain sort of reaction of, like, I am pissed, I want to fuck shit up, and, 14-year-old me was, was just in the perfect place uh, to hear that song at that moment.
1: It's just one of those days where you don't want to wake up. Everything is fine. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean. That, it was the long yeah, I was this, like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> away, mother- yeah. You're the first person I know that, that's... Listened to like multiple Limp Biscuit
2: albums. Oh yeah, (laughs) several. Yeah,
1: like I, I I know I I know their their singles and maybe a song or two that was maybe on a like a playlist or something. Never listened to a Limp Biscuit album.
2: It is prime um, white trash music. Uh, I also had um, oh fuck was it Cowboy. It was Kid Rock's like second album.
1: Oh, oh! wow.
2: I had that album too. I can't yeah. lie.
1: <laughs> I, can't, I can't. lie. I had. I had that
2: album. I, I, no, it, it I, was. It was all that that fucking so yeah, rap rock like like, new metal. I am all for. <laughs> yeah, am, yeah, yeah. I'm down. Let's go. It's in the. It, so yeah,
0: we, wow. We're gonna get into new metal. Is that what we're gonna do? We're gonna we're oh, gonna oh yeah. Talk about <laughs> oh, yeah. It, talk about that. Um, <laughs> it's like this dark part of history that none of us want to admit actually existed, and that we actually enjoyed it.
2: Like, <laughs> there's, yeah, there, there's all these people who were like, "Oh, that shit sucked. It was always terrible." I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna be over here listening to this fucking Creed album and enjoying
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, enjoying let me, myself." Let me just state <laughs> and... this.
0: Let me state this right up front, okay? There was a technical issue and my mic was not working when Rambo was like, I liked Limp Biscuit. and I wanted to be like, I did too, but instead it was just <laughs> silence, and MC was like, well, that happened, and like, it's it's so damn funny that I'm not even gonna go back and fix it and be like, and like throw in like a little snippet of being like, yeah, me too. No, I'm just gonna leave it like that. <laughs> like You do. That's cause its Because it was funnier that way. Um, no, I'm with you, man. Like, I like I wasn't so much a fan of... of Um, of significant other as I was of uh, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water because I
2: I, I prefer that album too
0: let me talk about Roland and how great that song was Uh, (laughs) (laughs) like it's it was just God. It's such a guilty pleasure. Oh, it was such a piece of shit, but goddamn it, it was fun. Um,
1: S- scale of one to ten, how much? How how hype were you when that song was chosen for what was it? WrestleMania uh, or whatever year that was? That
0: would be that would be uh, if you're. Using the erection analogy of six to midnight, that would be me. Uh, <laughs> I was all in for that, and then and then all of a sudden, the Undertaker's using it as his entrance music. I was like, "This yep. is the greatest day of my life!" and Limp Biscuit's amazing, and this is awesome. And Kid Rock is rapping about banging bitches and being a cowboy, and like it was just it was it was <laughs> awesome. It was great. So the last album you left off on, Mr. Rambo was was. Significant Other by Limp Biscuit, which, again, that was it was a game changer. Everybody was like, holy crap, this is amazing. Um, but then, it, you you get kind of a, a, a back and forth with that. A lot of people didn't, are now looking back on it retroactively and saying, like, oh, the album sucked, I hated it. But in that early 2000s, they were doing that. And then, like, recently, there have been people who are going back and being, like, hot dog-flavored water. Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog-flavored Water is a work of art. And, like, Fred Durst, like, well, Go with Limp Bizkit and they'll play the entire album to like sold out shows. Like people that are like going back, and I don't know if it's ironic or if they're actually into it because I don't understand young people. Um,
1: <laughs> <but> like,
0: <laughs> it's just it's it's interesting. I don't I'm not sure what's going on here, but like the whole new metal thing, like Corn was part of that too. Like,
2: yep, oh yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. Corn. Like like yeah. Um, Lots I was back Rapids. and forth on uh, um. If I was going to talk about follow the leader or issues, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's it's all very very of the time. Yeah. And I think what it one of the interesting thing that that, that things that's happened is with nuance disappearing from conversation online. Um, I think people are starting to dig in in weird ways, and I think what you were talking about with with uh, the band going through and like playing that album front to back is people are like, you know, no, it's good. You know, I'm gonna be contrarian and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that it's good. And then they do and they actually listen to it like, oh, I I enjoy this. This this actually might be good. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not calling this high art. I don't think this is, you know, the the, the music that's gonna inspire a generation or anything. But it's fucking fun. Like, you know what I like sometimes? A fucking cheeseburger from Burger King. That's it. That's all it needs to be. Um, and that's exactly what new metal is for me, for the most part. Uh, it's fun. It's something I can play loud and enjoy. Uh, and I don't really have to think too much about it. And hey, if there is something more to it than that, great. It's a fringe benefit, but it is by no means required.
0: All right, guys. So that is going to wrap us up for this episode of Mike on the Mic and our. Nostalgic look back at the best albums of the 90s. Uh, big thanks to James Rambo. Big thanks to MC Brooks for joining us. Uh, and we'll do more about this because this was just a little bit of a tease into the great music that was uh, the 90s. Uh, but for everybody here at the Great Geek Refuge, my name is Michael Lunsford. And thank you so much for listening.
1: Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for more podcasts and our awesome articles. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. (laughs) 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 Yeah, boy!